Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. Thank you for listening in. Our sovereign God is merciful, gracious, slow to anger, and will not keep his anger forever. As we grow and become more like him, we find that we can handle our anger righteously and through him show others that they can do the same. Left unchecked, anger can be disastrous. Nationally and internationally, not a day goes by without hearing a devastating event that change lives and families forever. Listen closely with Bible, pen, and paper handy as Pastor Rander speaks to us through the Holy Spirit on controlling our anger. Turn with us uh, once again to Genesis chapter 4, verses 3 through 7. So much is in this text, and we're going to milk it for all it's worth. Genesis chapter 4, verses 3 through 7. If someone near you does not have a Bible, be so kind enough as to share your Bible with them. The scripture says, And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Abel also brought the firstborn of his flock and of their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering, but he did not respect Cain and his offering. And Cain was very angry and his countenance fell. So the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry and why has your countenance fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin lies at the door and its desire is for you. But you should rule over it. Again, I posed a question to you uh, that's good for the congregation and even the world. Why are you angry? What is anger? What is anger? Anger is a God-given emotion expressed through a strong feeling of displeasure. Anger is an emotion or passion directed towards God, self, or others in response to a real or perceived wrong, which is often expressed through physical aggression and hostility. Since this is bring a co-worker's day, even in the workplace, we have co-workers that are angry at each other. Employees angry with supervisors and the supervisors are angry with the employees. So everybody's angry at everyone, (laughs) which hinders work productivity and could lead to workplace violence also known as going postal. We must realize that all anger is not wrong, nor is all anger sin. Even God himself becomes angry at rebellion. God becomes angry at sin, and he becomes angry at evil. In Deuteronomy chapter 7, 
Chapter 9, verses 7 and 8, it says, Remember, do not forget how you provoked the Lord your God to wrath in the wilderness from the day that you departed from the land of Egypt until you came to this place. You have been rebellious against the Lord. Also in Horeb, you provoked the Lord to wrath so that the Lord was angry enough with you to have destroyed you. So all anger is not sin. There is something called a righteous indignation or righteous anger. You see, my friends, anger that is God-centered is righteous anger, since the anger is over that which offends God. When you love God, you will hate evil and have a righteous indignation against it. And there are, there are evils in our society now that we ought to have a righteous anger toward. Let me give you a few examples. Uh, we ought to be, we ought to have a righteous indignation over the recently convicted Fort Hood shooter, Nadal Hassan, whose shooting spree was classified as workplace violence rather than terrorism. How about uh, Chris Lane? the college baseball player from Australia who was shot and killed in Duncan, Oklahoma while out jogging, just taking care of his own own business. And he was slain. There ought to be a righteous indignation against that kind of sin. Or what about Delbert Belton, the 88-year-old World War II veteran who was beaten to death and robbed of his cell phone in a parking lot in Spokane, Washington. Or what about Antonio San Diego, the baby in Brunswick, Georgia, who was shot between the eyes? Now, if you can see all of that and it doesn't even phase you, don't bother you, don't even move you, don't even arrest your attention to even pray, something is seriously wrong with you. Paul says to the church at Ephesus in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 26 through 27, be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. Allow me to give God's prescription for healing your anger. Some of you have been angry far too long. And some of you, it's a lifestyle. And it will destroy you if it's not resolved. So what is God's prescription for healing your anger? Number one, if you do not know the Lord as your personal savior, you need to call on the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved for the Lord is the only one who can heal anger. He's the only one who can heal, who's able to heal bitterness and rage and fury and wrath. Romans 10, 13 says, for whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. John 15, 5b says, apart from Christ, you can do nothing. And without Christ, you'll not be healed of anger. And unless you repent and surrender your anger to Jesus Christ, it will literally destroy you. Luke 13, 3 says, I tell you no, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Number two, how can you be healed of your anger? Admit that you are angry. Do not suppress or deny how you feel. Remember that anger, which is denied or suppressed can never be healed. 
James 5, 16, 8 says, confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. If you're angry and you pray and you get up and you still just as mad, you need to get back down and start praying again. Thirdly, determine whether your anger is the kind that rises too quickly. If so, when you start to feel angry, seek the Lord's guidance through prayer. If you feel yourself getting out of control, stop where you are, settle yourself down, cool down. Say cool down. Say settle down. Say calm down. Thank you. And separate yourself temporarily from the conflict or provoking situation. Praying, reading your Bible, and listening to sound biblical Christian music will give your emotions time to settle down and will keep you from snapping and losing it. None of us in here are exempt from losing it. The best of us can do that if we take our eyes off of Jesus and keep and just allow ourselves to be overcome with these kinds of things. You can't snap. You can't lose it. You also begin to think clearly, objectively, and most of all, you can hear what God is saying when you calm down, go sit on the back porch, go sit under a tree, uh, uh, get you some ice cream, and just cool down. <laughs> Proverbs 29, 11 says, a fool vents all his feelings, but a wise man holds them back. In other words, when you're wise and you're full of the Holy Ghost, you don't just let yourself go. The Holy Ghost will restrain your feelings, will restrain your emotions. You just won't reside in the fact that I just can't help myself. That's just who I am. No, God expects more out of you and get over those whimsical excuses and stop venting all your feelings. When you say everything that's in your mind, that's a dangerous thing anyway. Saying everything that's in your mind, whatever comes, you just let it out. You don't care who it hurt, who it offends. You just say, I got to get this off of me. And you just, you just lamb blast everybody. The Bible says you're a fool. A fool vents all his or her feelings. Number four, seek to decrease the amount of time you allow yourself to remain angry. Some of you have been angry for two years, four years, 30 years. Remember, the sooner you get over it and move on, the better off you'll be. Set a limit on the time you'll spend dwelling on the issue and rehearsing it over and over and over in your mind. Have you had something happen to you that was really wrongful or hurtful and you just keep uh, rehearsing the matter over in your mind and, and it just catches root and then you can't overcome it? Focusing on it and dwelling on it too long will trouble your heart disturb your peace and cause you to do something you will regret later. Sometimes you have to talk to yourself. Have you ever talked to yourself? Sometimes you need to talk to yourself and say enough of meditating on that. You see, we all know that it's very difficult to move on, especially when we really want to stay there because we want to keep others in our own court judging them. It gives us a sense of comfort, but we need to be better than that. With the help of the Holy Spirit, deliberately move your thoughts to something more healthy for your mind, such as the word of God, Christian music, counting your blessings, which will bring you peace of mind. If you're angry today, 
Start counting your blessings. How many of you know you're blessed and you know you're blessed? I mean, you're blessed and you know you're blessed. Start counting your blessings. Well, God, you woke me up this morning. God, I know what my name is. I don't have Alzheimer's. Huh? God, I can put one foot in front of the other. My heart's beating. When the last time you thank God for uncommon things? Lord, when I dropped something the other day, I dropped something in the closet and it fell to the floor. I thank God for gravity. When is the last time you thank God for gravity? Uncommon thing. Just be thankful for your children. When, when, when your whole house can come home and everybody's tucked in, you ought to say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I was just thinking about oh, those little girls in Houston messing around on the Internet with this stranger. And he comes by and scoop them up, take them through San Antonio. The car was found here. The parents, black family, they're just broken up. Can you imagine that your child? Gone. Don't know where they are. Well, the internet is a very dangerous thing. And parents, you need to control that the usage of the internet with your children. It is a matter of life and death. And death. My goodness, start counting your blessings. Isaiah 57, 16 says, for I will not fight against you forever. I will not always be angry. If I were, all peoples would pass away. All the souls I have made. What if God stayed continuously angry at us? We'll all be dead. The world will be upside down. Matter of fact, it would disappear. I'm so glad God doesn't hold a grudge. And that when you ask for forgiveness and you confess to him exactly what you've done, don't say forgive me of all my sins. You didn't commit them all at one time. That's right. You committed those sins one at a time. You didn't tell five lies at one time, I hope. <laughs> you told one lie at a time and you, you begin to name that lie or that thought, huh? Or that, whatever it was. You, you begin to name it and plead the blood of Jesus Christ over it so that you may be healed. The, the, this is a very important. Uh, th- then, then we need to consider this. Number five. When your anger is healed, you will be able to control your tongue by the Holy Spirit's power. Now, all the others I just uh, went through was review. All this is a new insight for the day. I reviewed for the sake of all the visitors that are here today uh, that weren't here previously. So now here's the new insights. When your anger is healed, you will be able to what? Control your tongue by the Holy Spirit's power. If you go into a silent mode, now some people get get mad, and you know what they do? They have an evil hush about them. Uh, Husband won't talk to the wife. Whole week long, they just send in text messages. Uh, uh, Sending messages through the kid, or the wife won't come home, uh, won't sleep in the bedroom, with the husband and she go on a silent mode. And so you both walk around just not speaking. That, that, that's, that's because of what? Anger. And then the flip side of that is that you, is that your tongue become razor sharp. Say razor sharp. If your tongue is razor sharp, that's a sure sign that your anger is not healed. And some of you, every time you talk to your spouse, or your child, or your sibling, 
or your in-law or whatever, your tongue is sharp. Shut up. Don't talk to me. You make me sick. I'm tired of you. Forget you. Some of you say some four-letter words. And it gets really, really bad. Your tongue cuts people up, cuts your family up, and your family's bleeding all over the house. And you can drink some Kool-Aid and go to bed. Something is wrong with that. Desperately wrong with that. It's hard enough in the world. Your children dealing with bullying. That's right. Dealing with all these life issues out there. You on the job trying to survive and make a living and you're tired and things are not right, but you stay there and you suck it in and you take it. And then when you get home, your spouse don't speak. Other person mad. Clothes not going to be washed. uh, Won't cook. Won't clean. Won't go to the store. You do it. You do that. You get even. You boom, boom, boom. No. Oh, my goodness. That's why some people will rather be in the workplace. That's why some folk will work 20 hours in one day to keep from going home because they don't want to deal with the reality of that nagging wife or that harsh, no good husband. That's disrespectful to the wife or that wife that's continually disrespecting, disrespecting, putting down the husband and the kids are watching this and you're treating your children to respond to their spouse in the same way in the future. You need to repent and apologize to the glory of God. Psalms 141.3 says, set a guard, O, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the doors of my lips. Have you ever seen a bulldog? Uh, let me get, let me get some, a rock waller. Walking down the street, and they got that muzzle on, and you walk in past, and sometimes you conveniently kind of move, put a little space in between, even with the muzzle on. You don't just walk up to that, oh, I like your dog. What is his name, Rover? Oh, let me take his, let, allow me to take his muzzle off. I want to pet him. You are crazy. <laughs> that muzzle is on that dog's mouth for a reason, because if it's taken off, he's going to bite you to pieces. Huh? If the Lord doesn't set a guard over our mouths, a loose, out of control tongue will stir up more anger and shipwreck more relationships. That's why the divorce rate is so high uh, in, in, in the Christian community, because husbands are so harsh to their wives, so disrespectful, so mean. And then you got some wives that are so inconsiderate, always putting down. Just not teachable. Can't tell them nothing. Always an issue. And that leads to divorce. You see, Proverbs 18.21a says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Y'all need to write that down. Death and life is in the power of the tongue. Listen to me closely. God has brought you here to hear this message. Death and life. Is in the power of the tongue. What do you mean? You're listening now. Help me, Lord. Your tongue can be used. How, how does your tongue bring death? Your tongue can be used to bring hurt. It can be used, your little tongue in that, in that mouth, to bring emotional damage upon others. 
Your tongue can destroy character. Your tongue can destroy one's reputation. Your tongue can raise suspicious suspicion about others. You know what I know about him? Such a, such a, such a thing. And all of a sudden, everybody is suspicious of that person because of what you said with your with your tongue behind that person's back. And now they become they had no suspicion about that person. But now they have it because of your tongue. You're whispering. You join in on the whispering and you don't even know if it's true. You haven't even searched all the facts. You know, you know what your tongue can do? It can really discourage. And you're listening now. And your tongue, if you're not careful, can destroy your child, your husband, your wife, your siblings motivation to dream and to live. What kind of words do we use to destroy the motivation of another? Listen to these illustrations. You can't do that. Why are you going to try that again? You know you can't do that. You are just like your daddy or you're just like your mama. That's where you got it from. Uh, you won't amount to anything. You are good for nothing. Or you can't, can you ever get anything right? Now, if you're guilty of those kinds of things, you got to repent. And those things are particularly real hurtful to a child. And then you wonder why they can't perform. You've already told them they're not going to amount to nothing. Doesn't matter if your you listen. It doesn't matter whether your child make all D's or all F's. But if they make um, all F's and make one D, uh, say now I'm, I'm really disappointed about these F's. But you did make a D. Now let's pull these other F's up, okay? You understand? <laughs> no, no. Let's 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 you you at the bottom. So so honey, you can't go nowhere but up. You know, put a put a positive spin on it. Be a positive spinner on your children. Be a possible spinner. You, 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 need, you, you, you need to believe God for your children. You know, don't, don't just accept those labels where my child's just in special ed and I'm just, just, just label them. And listen, be careful about allowing people to just label your kids because they're going to be struggling with those labels, the labels, the balance of their days. Be careful about that. Don't don't take comfort in those levels. I mean, expect your child to do more than what they're doing. If you don't expect nothing, you won't get nothing, my friends. You see, so that that's how the tongue, tongue can bring death. Now, here's how your very tongue can bring life. Here's the words we ought to be using as saints and Christians and edifiers. Listen, you can use your tongue to encourage Use your tongue with the Holy Spirit's enablement to bless, bless your children. Speak words of blessings upon your wife, words of blessings upon your husband, words of blessing upon your children. Those who are going through crisis, a childish challenge with issues. Honey, I know this is tough, but we're going to work through this together and we're going to be all right. We may not understand. We may not have an answer, but with God, all things are possible and there's nothing too hard for God. Speak in faith and words of blessings upon your children. Give your children, your spouse, your loved one, those in the workplace, give them hope. 
Don't just come down on them when they don't get it right. When they do get it right, say, you know, I'm so proud of you. You are making such wonderful progress. You know what? I really appreciate the value you bring this job on the workplace. You know, so, so you, you want to give them hope. Speak words of spiritual refreshment. Uh, words that will restore and revive. Words that will give life. Speak life. We're in a culture of death. You want to speak words of life. Even upon your enemy. You say, I don't like them. I hope they die. That's evil. No, you might want them to die, but sometimes God let them live so they can test your prayer life. (laughs) Speak words of life. Be givers of life. The person right in your home, your child, your neighbor, your co-worker, another member in the church sitting right next to you, looking good, smelling good, big Bible, but they're just as suicidal as they could be. In the name of Jesus, give them life. Number six, anger will begin to decrease as you love, as you look for the best rather than the worst in others. Anger will begin to decrease as you look for the best rather than the worst in others and allow your words to encourage and edify. You know, to edify means to uplift, to build up. Ask yourself if you are continually being too critical of others. You see, and recognize the, the emotional consequences of such behavior. Consider ways you can honestly appreciate and affirm them rather than always condemning them and criticizing them. Ask God to deliver you from a critical spirit. It is detrimental. It, 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 it just sickens people. It destroys everything. And Satan loves it when you possess a critical spirit. First Thessalonians 5.11 says, Therefore, comfort each other and edify one another just as you also are doing. In other words, my friends, listen to this. Encourage the heart of the person you are angry with. Encourage them. That, that means that you have, to, you have to listen to God. That means you have to get over yourself to encourage somebody that's hurt you. That's right. That means that means you have to let your pride go. Ask God to reveal something positive about the person who has wronged you for whatever reason. Focus on the person's strength, the strength of the person who frustrates you to no end instead of his or her deficiencies or what you just don't like about them. Words of encouragement have a way of calming Words of encouragement has a way of soothing. Words of encouragement have a way of calming a troubled heart. Anger left on its own to brood and fester leads to all kinds of ungodly thoughts and behaviors. To name a few, turning away from God, hate, resentment, discontentment, lying, cheating, and different forms of violence, including murder. What, my brothers and sisters, is the answer? Total surrender to Almighty God who supplies and fulfills all our needs. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church, located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas. 
or call us at 210-821-5683.